Blue Wire. Think about Lawrence. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Elliott dodged the eye of this national championship win. A deep throw by Lawrence. A lot of contact. Justin Ross broke free from it. He's down in the end zone. Touchdown, Clemson. Welcome into episode 139 of Press Pass. Kayla Anderson here with my pal, my co-host, Joshua Perry. He, uh, I had to mention this, had a really slick shirt, uh, suit on this weekend on the Big Ten Network. Yes. And evil, even kind of rivaling uh, PJ Fleck there, Joshua. You're really starting to step it up there with the fashion Yeah, game. I think old PJ came with the heat for his Monday presser. I caught a little mm-hmm. bit of it today, and he had this beautiful patterned suit with mm. a nice little blue stitch on the lapel, um, and he had a nice a vibrant blue tie to kind of tie Ooh. it all together. Couldn't see any of the footwear because he's standing behind the podium. Um, <laughs> but I, I know that since this conference has uh, a coach that is – uh, one of the finest in terms of swag. I got to make sure that we can match it in the studio as we yep. cover him. Exactly. And I appreciate that. I appreciate you guys stepping up the style game. Oh, no. That's what right. we're here to do. You know, we got we to gotta have a fun studio. You know about a fun studio. It makes the day that much better. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's all it was in Columbus for us. We, ha- <laughs> I mean, we, you know, we were just having fun all the time. That makes your job so much easier. Um. Let's get into the top 10 for this week because guess what? There were some major uh, signs of movement. Yeah. Okay. So Alabama is in that top spot. 59 first place votes. Not shocked there. <laughs> right. Uh, Georgia, number two. I'll come back to you on that in a minute with three first place votes. Oregon now in the three spot, <laughs> followed by Oklahoma, Iowa. Yeah. Penn State mm-hmm. going all the way up to the sixth spot after beating mm-hmm. Auburn, mm-hmm. followed by Texas A&M, mm-hmm. Cincinnati, Clemson, and Ohio State dropping sure. to that 10 spot. Share yep. your feelings there on that top 10. All right. So I'm there with Alabama. I'm, I, I still don't know why Georgia's getting first place votes, but, you know, it is what it but, is. I think they're a really good team. Yeah. Um, Oregon in the three spot, I'm okay with. I think Oklahoma probably should be in that five spot and Iowa should be in that four spot. Mm-hmm. The way that Oklahoma mm-hmm. struggled with Nebraska was eye-opening to me that they're yeah. they're a, a hype-driven team who is led by a hype-driven quarterback. And I don't say that necessarily to disparage Spencer Rattler because I do think he's a really good player, mm-hmm. but I also do think that he is the beneficiary of the hype train for yeah. sure. Penn State, exactly where they need to be. I think they're the best team in the Big Ten East right now. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think they got a really good shot of running the table in the East and making it to the Big Ten championship game. That game that they played against Auburn, I don't think was as close as what the scoreboard said because they caught a couple of bad breaks. Mm-hmm. Quarterback played as well as I've seen him play his whole career. That's in the defense is just ridiculous. That's a really good football team. A&M should be lower than Cincinnati. That's another hype team. Okay. They haven't proven to us yeah. that they are necessarily deserving of it. We'll see that as the season goes on, I think. Uh, like I said, Cincinnati should probably be up a spot. They got into some trouble with Indiana, but eventually pulled away and showed that they were the better team. And then you got Clemson and Ohio State. And 
I think Clemson's fortunate to still be a top 10 team, to be completely honest. Yeah. And it's wild because neither Clemson nor Ohio State are used to being ranked this low. And we're still talking about them as top 10 teams. Um, Clemson and Ohio State both have issues. Clemson's issues, they can't move the ball. They can't score points. And that's a worse issue, in my opinion, than Ohio State's issue, which is they can't stop anybody. Yeah. I'd rather have an offense that can run up the score and just see if you can get enough stops or, you know, see if the offense will eventually make a mistake on the other team like Ohio State's been doing rather than Clemson where they can't score points. But both of these teams are in some trouble um, and they got to get some things figured out quick, fast, and in a hurry. That's, well, that's what I was going to say, too, because when you start getting – I mean, we're entering week four, right? Right. So right. you you start to – to kind of get down in this, this, the lower spots of the polls. And, you know, when it comes to college football playoff committee time and yeah. we're ranking these teams, I mean, a lot can change, obviously, once conference play starts. But right. you just and don't want to dig yourself too far down, is my point. And that's, that's the deal. And I think Ohio State's probably got to get it figured out yeah. better than Clemson does. Clemson had their right. big matchup in week one. They took the L there. Um, but you look at the rest of their schedule, it's NC state, it's Boston college, and, yeah. uh, they get BC at home, which is an advantage for them. They got Syracuse who lost to Rutgers. They got Pitt. They got Florida state. Who's Owen three right now. They got Louisville who I don't think is a very good team. UConn, which is the worst team in FBS, oh, uh, God, so wake bad. forest. It would be a challenge, but they've got wake forest at home and then South Carolina in a rivalry game. So like, I mean, they've got a chance of running the table in the ACC is bad as they are which i think yeah. is more um of a in more of an indictment on the acc uh let That's, me pull up ohio state schedule here yeah i was gonna say that is but at the same time you look at that joshua and you're like if they yeah they can win out or whatever but if they have any type of close games like are you gonna really take them that serious when it comes to that final four? And if there's other teams, you get what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I and, just don't and that's think the conversation. Schedule helps. Yeah, it doesn't. It, and what it what it helps is that they could win the ACC championship and say that we sure. made it through the season right. undefeated. Yeah. And if there's there if there's yeah. something crazy that happens in front of them in the top ten, they're going to be yeah. in position to maybe slide up there. They're not going to mm-hmm. get a marquee win, but they're also probably not going to take an L, which is a really weird place to be in. Now. When you flip it to Ohio State, they got Akron coming up, and I mean they they better just they better <laughs> blow it out of the water. But right? we'll, we'll get to we'll get to Ohio State here in a little bit. Um, then they got Rutgers, which is an improved team, but they should absolutely yeah. win that. They've got Maryland, then they're off for a week. Then they got right. Indiana, who's shown that they can struggle. Yep. But then it's Penn State. Nebraska's yep. a win. Um, they got Purdue, and we already know what kind of crazy stuff happens with that team, but it's at home. Mm-hmm. Um, then Michigan State, who I think is a really good football team. Yeah. And then improved. they finish with Michigan. So they've got Michigan State and Michigan in back-to-back weeks. Um, yeah. I mean, there could be some issues now, hopefully, there. but Right. But hopefully, and like you said, we'll get, we're will get we going to break down Ohio State a little bit more. Hopefully they can figure out some of their issues by that point. That's what's encouraging about that schedule yes. is yeah. I feel like a lot of the hefty, you know, teams are towards the end, which makes you That's feel a little deal. bit better, right? Yeah, and, and it, it, it gives you a, a chance to build through the, the Big Ten schedule. You got Penn State yeah. right there in the meat of it. But, yeah. you know, up to that point, you really get to build – um, sure. you know, you're, you're coming off of a bye week then you got Indiana and Penn state. Like it's not necessarily yeah. the worst schedule ever, but there are, there are some marquee games that are on there now. 
because Penn State's played well, Michigan State's played well, and Michigan's played well. So if Ohio State can get wins and they can do it in convincing fashion, they will make themselves a case, especially if Iowa can run the table in the West and they can beat Iowa in a Big Ten championship game in convincing fashion. They can make themselves a case to be in that top four. Right now, they ain't a top four team. Okay, so let's start with them and and the game last week against Tulsa, and then we'll work our way into a couple of these other games from this past weekend. Because, Joshua, I was watching about four games at the same time (laughs) and and clearly paying attention to what was going on. So when it comes down to this, obviously they put put some points up in the end, and, and, um, you know, it it was like 40-something, right, to 20. What, What exactly was taking them so long? to to really put it on this Tulsa team yeah it's 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 an interesting thing um in the first three games of this season for Ohio State they've gotten off to a slow start they started slow Mm -hmm. against Minnesota and then had an explosive second half and they started slow against Oregon and really couldn't make it up and then this game you feel like there's a slow start um people have been calling me a CJ Stroud apologist on the old Twitter machine uh but <laughs> you have to acknowledge the game plan for what it was worth for Tulsa. And Ohio State's always going to have okay. better athletes and people are, you know, CJ wasn't throwing it well. And how can Chris Olave not have a reception? Well, Tulsa was dropping yeah. eight the whole game. They, they dropped eight guys into coverage. Their okay. base front was a yeah. three down front. And then they had every yeah. play. It was, it was So it's hard to throw into windows in eight man coverage first sure. off. But second off. Their other coaching point for their defensive game plan was if you're a safety or if you're a corner, you're bailing. You're getting deep. Like Ohio State was running hard play action looks, and those safeties were standing 15, 20 yards off the ball, and they weren't biting at all. They're like, if you run the ball on us, we'll lose that way. But what we're not going to do is we're not going to let Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson and Jackson Smith and Jigba and all those guys go out there and beat you. And so Stroud threw for 185 yards, sure. and it wasn't a very pretty performance. But, you know, he was throwing against some looks that he had probably never seen before. And for the offensive line, they did it. I mean, it's a, a, against a three-man rush. It's easy to protect. But when they had some of those other looks coming, it became a little bit of a challenge because they didn't know if Tulsa was actually going to blitz where that extra guy was going to be coming from. So they presented some challenges. And people are saying, oh, you're an apologist and this, that, and the third. I don't have any issues with Ohio State's offense. They were good against Minnesota, especially in the second half. They put up 600 yards versus Oregon, who is apparently a top four team. And they struggled to throw the ball. But also you have uh, Travion Henderson, who goes out there and breaks the freshman Russian record that Archie Archie Griffin was holding. Yeah. So Ohio State eventually figured out to just take what was there. And it was a heavy dose of run. And it's not exciting. And you don't get those big plays over the top. But if that's what the defense is getting you as a coordinator and as a head coach and Ryan Day and Kevin Wilson, all those guys, you just take what's there. Now, the defense, right? they got problems. Well, I, I mean, and Joshua, at this point, I know what Ryan Day said coming into to the game this past weekend about Kerry Combs. And, yep. you know, they're, they're kind of just taking it day by day at this point. But do you feel like Combs – is doing enough to get this defense headed in the right direction? Or do you feel like there has to be some sort of change, uh, you know, inside? I mean, you don't like, maybe you don't let Kerry go, obviously, because he's he's been a a DB's coach there before. But I just, I feel like this is more of a personnel issue right now than it is anything else. I could be wrong, though. 
Yeah, so it's it's interesting because they um they stripped Kerry Combs of his play calling abilities for the game and they had Matt Barnes, who's one of the the other defensive coaches okay. calling it. Okay. But what they did, which was really unique to me, was Kerry's typically on the field and Matt's typically up in the box. They had Matt Barnes down on the field to call it okay. and Kerry Combs up in the box, which if I don't maybe it's just something that they prefer to do having the, the defensive play caller on the field, but if Matt Barnes is typically used to watching the game up from the box and you want him to call plays, yeah. I would assume that you would rather have him up in the box calling plays instead yeah. of moving him down to the field. Sure. Get all that out the way. Um, Ohio State's problem in the first two games was run defense. And their problem against Tulsa was pass defense. They, they gave up over 400 yards in the past game. They were solid against the run. Um, and so it just tells you that this is a defense that has issues. Now, Ohio State decided to change up some certain looks where they're typically a single high safety running cover three and man to man. And what that gives you is a really good, um, a really good chance against the run because you have numbers in the box. And then it gets you in the pass game. If you're running cover one, it gets you on body coverage, but you're susceptible to getting beat one-on-one. Or if you're in three deep, it gives you good vision on the quarterback to where you can try to steal a pass here or there. It's a very aggressive defense. Um, they went from running primarily single high to mixing up the looks to where they went some cover two and they ran man to man with the two safety look two man, as they call it. And, um, the running cover two presents a a set of a different set of issues where cover two defense, um, the middle of the field is exposed and you have to have a linebacker carry one of the verticals. If they're going to run three verticals, four verticals is an issue in all the defenses, but especially when you only got two guys to cover uh, the deep zones, that becomes a real issue. Um, and you, it's predicated off of having a good four-man pass rush, which Ohio State doesn't have right now. Right. Um, the other thing that happens in cover two is you're outnumbered in the box. So guys have to play a two-gap run concept where if there's flow one direction, they, they have to play a certain gap. If there's flow a different direction, they have to play a different gap, and then the safeties have to kind of make it all whole in the back end from there. I don't like it. I'm not necessarily a cover two guy, but people wanted to see some changes. This is the issue, though, Okay, is all the things that they ran, it was still bad. Yeah. So they got to figure well, it out. Well, that's the thing. Like, so was that, like, I haven't been in, I haven't been covering sports in Columbus in, in almost five years, but so was that the thing? Like, were fans really frustrated with, they just felt like the defense needed a, like a, a bit of a change in terms yes. of that. They wanted, okay. they wanted a new really look. Under- okay. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. That's Everybody on Twitter was saying okay. you can't, you can't keep running the, the, the okay. single high safety defenses. You need to run some too high and they ran some too high. And uh, I mean, I, I guess it was fine, but uh, against a better team, I'm not exactly sold on it. This right. is my estimation of it. And it, it pains me to say this because I got respect for all the guys who are working at Ohio state right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I think there's a a real disconnect right now between what's being coached and how it's being executed. It seems like that's a problem. That's, you know, it, it's funny because you say this and I keep reliving the Titans and the defensive situation last year for them. Yeah. It's everything you're saying. It's really reminding me of that. And I don't know if you knew the situation for the Titans, but they had, like Shane Bowen was kind of the de facto play caller. He really never was given the title. So Shane there was Bowen. like, it, I know that yeah. guy. Yeah, you do. Yeah. 
he, has, he was at Ohio State as a yeah. uh, GA or a, yeah. a, a quality got, control or something. He's got Vrabel ties. I mean, every yeah, he does. Uh, there's always those Vrabel ties. But yeah, the things you're saying, the communication, um, that that's a tricky situation where you hope and pray that that gets worked out. Because if not, that could be um, that could get dangerous when you guys hit some of those big time opponents uh, in conference play. Yes, so. and that's what that's where I really really worry is. Yeah. Um, when it comes down to playing Penn State, let's throw that example out there. And they got this guy named Jahan <laughs> right. Dotson, who is one of the best wide receivers. Everybody yep. saw it in primetime. Um, he's a problem. And then you play a Michigan, let's throw that one out there. And they've got a guy you know, uh, who's right? named Blake Corum at running back, who is an issue. Like he yeah. is a problem. That, he's a great player. Um, and I respect the hell out of his game. And then you get a, a team in Michigan State where their quarterback hasn't turned the ball over yet this year. And they've got a running back in Kenneth Walker, who's a really good player. And they've got yep. uh, a wide receiver out there and Jalen Naylor, who is a really good player. Like, what do you do with those guys? Because yeah. they can all break the game against the, the yeah. defense like Ohio State, the way they're playing. Yeah, this is going to be really something to watch and, and um, how it unfolds will always you know kind of keep you posted on here we're a little biased on this podcast because since we have joshua and i covered ohio state it's one of those things that we're going to talk a lot of ohio state oh quick really funny story joshua Mm -hmm. uh because vrabel one of the first things that i did when mike vrabel got to tennessee is i went up to him and i said hey brabes i actually covered Ohio State for three years. Um, I believe you know Dom Tiberian Moose. And his the minute I said that, that was like the second day on the job. He com- immediately lit up and he was like, you know what's so funny? He's like, those guys came in a helicopter and landed when I signed my letter of intent to Ohio State. And it was the coolest thing and all this stuff. And so from then, from then moving forward, like, you know, moving forward to now, he's always had a little bit of like a, a interesting Ohio state connection with me. Mm-hmm. And so the other day, I don't think he ever realized that I didn't go to Ohio state. So the other day on Friday, I'm the only female that's usually there to ask questions. And so he starts with the, the woman reporter always. Um, and he just looked over and he goes, so did you go to Ohio state? <laughs> and I, I said, it. yeah, I don't, I go. And I like, I'll like battle back with him. I'm not afraid to battle back. And, I said, no, I didn't go to Ohio State. And he's like, oh, you couldn't get in? And I said, oh, no, I could have gotten in if I wanted to go to Ohio State, Coach. <laughs> and he kind of laughed. And, and I said, no, I, I just, I just, you know, covered them and obviously have a love for the, the city or whatever. He was yeah. laughing. But I thought it was so funny because he didn't even know that I didn't go there. Can uh, we talk about how great of a person Vrabes is? Like He's awesome. He was, I know a lot he, of people have issues with him sometimes with like how he approaches the media, yes, but yes. I, I have no issue. I think so, it's hilarious. Yeah. And you know, this from, from being around him, obviously like Vrabes as a coach is he's super direct. He is yeah. a jerk a lot of times, Yeah. Um, but he, he also, he's been a player, he's been successful. And so he knows what it takes to manufacture greatness. Um, Vrabes, the human though, just like a yep. person. Yep. is he's phenomenal he Good is person. wonderful he's got great yep. stories he's got a great family like he's a guy yeah. who uh he he and luke fickle were my primary recruiters at ohio state and so, um, cr- so i need to tell him i don't know if he knows we have a podcast i need to tell him 
that you say hi on Wednesday and we'll see yeah. what he says. Uh, tell him that that I I appreciate how hard he was on me when he okay. was at Ohio State. That's too. what I, that's what I'm gonna tell him. Yeah, but he's he's phenomenal. I, that's a guy I respect the hell out of. Yeah, and and that's why guys like to come here, and that's why you can you can get some of the big names here now. I yeah. truly believe this is why you get yeah. some of these guys, or you're even in the running for it in Tennessee now because totally of agree. Mike Grable, don't you? I mean, it's yeah. yeah. And so I'll I'll let you know what he says next week. But I'll sure. bring up your name. Um, yeah. Okay, real quick, Penn State, that game against Auburn, and you had mm-hmm. touched a little bit on it. It, it. it seemed like, you know, the score was a little bit closer than you probably think in the end it should have been. Yeah. Because in my eyes, um, it was a great game. Don't get me wrong. I, I thought it was a great game, but I just thought, you know, Penn State looked like the, the better team by far. Yes, and that that would be my estimation of it. I think Penn State just caught a couple of bad breaks in terms of officiating and calls in that game. Um, Some that would have been like a couple of game-changing situations for Penn State. Um, I mentioned Sean Clifford, the quarterback. He played as well as he's played in his career. Um, They they threw the ball, I think, (laughs) as well as anybody has thrown the ball against good competition this year. Sure. Which, I'm, I mean, that was both of those teams are very good. I think I think yeah. Auburn's got a really good defense. Yeah, I I think Brian Harson is is doing a pretty good job just in his first season so far of yeah executing his his plan too. And you would know better than I would, but like I just I hear the the clips in the media and how he addresses you know approaches coaching and and likes to address his team. I yeah. think he's got a good thing going there. Uh, but mm-hmm. the thing that stands out to me about Penn State is their defense. And um, yeah. in, in two big games now, one against Wisconsin, one against Auburn, it's been a kind of a bend but don't break type situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but they come up with the big play when they really need to bow up. And it's it was characterized the same way in both games is you can run the ball on Penn State. I think they built their defensive line to compete with teams like Ohio State that are more athletic. So they got some athletes up front, but you can hit them direct because they're yeah. a little bit of a smaller body type. Yeah. But when they need to get that big stop, they're going to get that damn stop. Right. And, uh, and that's huge. I, it is. That's, it is. T- knowing and having that that mentality, like already that you know you can get that, right? I yep. mean, that's that's such a big um, plus for them this early in the season. It is. It is. Um, I, I've got, I got respect for that team. I, I think they got a real chance this year. So now we just – we have to make sure that uh, James Franklin doesn't peace out for USC. And I don't think he is. I think that they've, they've brought up some other names here that I yeah. think Franklin's probably going to stay there. I, I could be wrong. So let's play that situation out though. <laughs> oh, James Franklin Joshua, leaves. Uh-oh. You gotta, you gotta hire Joe Moorhead, right? If you're Penn state, <laughs> he was the coordinator at Penn state when they had the most success they've ever had against Ohio state offensively. Yeah. And he That's just, coached a team that beat the piss out of Ohio state a couple weeks ago. Like that's, that's the guy who's at the top of the list to take over that job in my opinion. Yeah. I'd like James Franklin to stick around though. Uh, Yeah. I I do too. I think it's big. I I think it's good for the big 10. Yeah. Oh yeah. You got to have these coaches, right? I mean, and, and believe me, the PAC 12 needs all the help it can get right now in terms of bringing in coaches like that. But for your you know, for your selfishness, you want him there yeah, uh, for sure. Okay. So this other game I wanted to get to really quick from this last weekend, just to get your thoughts on it. And I know you probably didn't see a ton of it, but mm-hmm. I was really um, 
enamored with this Alabama Florida game, like not the whole entire game, but it, it came down to a, a situation where Florida just, I mean, they really battled in the end and they made this a ball game. Yeah, and there, there were some things that I was like, okay, like Bama could be challenged this year. And why I say that while we were talking about Bama's defense in week one and how it could be mm-hmm. something special, the Gators mm-hmm. racked up 258 yards rushing mm-hmm. against <laughs> Alabama. I mean, that's an yep. issue. And Saban made it a point this week after the game to say, uh, this cannot happen, not with this defense. Like yep. if it happens again in, in maybe a little better team, uh, you know, they could definitely take down Alabama like a Georgia. Yeah, and uh, the the thing that I appreciate about Saban is he is critical in he every is. win. Yep. He's critical in the few losses that he has yep. as a coach, and yep. so he's he's going to figure out a way to make sure that doesn't happen again. Um, I didn't get to see a lot of the game, but I had a feeling that Florida was going to make it interesting simply because of um, Dan Mullen, and mm-hmm. I think that he's. He's a coach right now that probably has his sights set on Alabama constantly because sure. that that is like that's the hill he has to get over as a coach. Like that's the team he has to beat. Yeah, he hasn't beat. I don't think he's beat no. Bama when Saban's has when he's been there and Saban's no. been. I don't think it's happened yet. So and he's gotten close a couple times, but he hasn't been able to pull it off. So yeah. I just I felt like he was going to have a game plan that was going to really be key. The other thing I'll say on this game is I think the pollsters got it right in the AP by not dropping Florida after losing to Bama. Because sometimes you see these these situations where, you know, a team plays number one and they get beat and then you drop them. And it's like that's literally what was supposed to happen. Like they're not a worse team than they were a week ago because they lost to number one. Like if anything, they might be better with how they challenge themselves. If they exceeded expectations and you could move them up in my mind. And that's not an issue. Yeah. But pollsters don't think like that. It's not how polls work, apparently. I know, right? There's, That's why I need I, a vote. there's I, exactly. I keep telling you why. I mean, how do you not have a, a vote? I, I think because now. I'm a, a Big Ten homer, they can't give me a vote. Oh, I don't. I don't know. know. I think you can take know. your. I think you can take your cap off in a situation. I'm I'm objective as anybody out there. I, I believe that too. I believe that too. Um. Let's stick on the point then of the SEC right now, and let's just bring up these fun. These I don't know if you call them memes, but Joshua it's, sent it's, me a, a Twitter a DM. It is so fun. I had seen them before, and I was going through all of them and really thinking, is this exactly like who this would be in, in a, another yes. career? And it seriously is. Whoever did this is brilliant. But um, describe. I mean, how would you how would you describe what these are? Like coaches okay. in in the other career path that they should be in if they wasn't. That's wasn't exactly what it is. Right. Yeah. You know, if these guys weren't coaches, what would they be? And they took their coaching headshots <laughs> and they put a career title of what what that coach basically looks like oh, so if he's funny. in a different career. Yeah. You want me to go through them? Yeah. Would you? Yeah. 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 This is so. so and got, where can we? Where can people see this if people are interested in it? ESPN CFB. They they put a, a nice thing out there on Instagram, Perfect. so check them out. Perfect. But uh, they had Nick Saban, first and foremost, and they put car salesman, which is fitting because he has a car dealership, but he also looks like the every guy in a car the, who has a dealership in the commercial, that's exactly what he looks like. <laughs> Second one is Kirby Smart, and they said history teacher slash coach, which is on point because on he's point. got this nice little part 
and he's wearing yep. a plain black suit with a, a red tie with a white yep. shirt and he looks just like so um, inviting and you know like he would have a class that's not too strenuous <laughs> and everybody knows that the history teacher at their high school probably coaches something so that makes that's a lot of sense exactly right you've got sam Pittman, who's a guy that we've talked about on this oh, show yeah. that we both like and they put competitive barbecue pit master and this is fitting because he's got the black dress shirt on awesome. uh, which is probably a no-go with the pinstripes but it's the hair and the eyes that really do it for you for sure. You know, he's a, a heftier guy, yep. but the hair is kind of, you know, it's a little spiky kind of doing its thing. And then he's yeah. got these eyes. It's like, I want to go win this competition. And he probably knows his way around a uh, old barbecue pit. That's what I was going to um, say. He could maybe have his own show if he wanted. Well, we should, we should pitch that as well. I know. Um, Shane Beamer says Chick-fil-A franchisee. <laughs> and it is, it's, it's the, the conservative Look in the headshot with the black suit, the black tie, white shirt. It is the nice, calm, inviting facial features. The expression that he has on his face makes it look like he's a a down-home, very nice soul. Um, And Chick-fil-A, I mean, you know, that's that's a Southern staple. So he's got that. Oh, yes. That's perfect. Did you hear what he said today about uh, – Nicole Auerbach tweeted it out. It's, it's one of the best things you'll ever see. It's like a Zoom interview. Go check it out. But he's he starts a Zoom interview. A guy asks him his, uh, the question. While he's asking the question, Shane is, like, trying to fix his hair in the Zoom video, but, like, he doesn't really have a full head of hair. And then he <laughs> asked about, like, George's line. And he, he was like, what are you asking? George's line? And then he just goes off and he's just like, he's saying all this stuff that's obvious about like how great this line is and how, you know, just pretty much saying there was no way we were going to compete with this line. Like it's like another level. It's just go check it out. It's really funny. I'm going to check him out. All right. So Mark Stoops up next. And this is, this is as accurate of a meme as I've ever seen. So they got my man right here in his headshot. He's kind of got the little turn to the side and then the head kind of tilted over like they make you do in high school. And he's wearing a black suit, but he's got this nice pattern tie with the white shirt, nice, cheerful smile. It says high school principal. And he's the principal oh. where you get sent to the office and you know, you're chilling in there with him and he's got candy on the desk and yes. he, you know, you're never getting a detention from him. Never getting a never. detention. I wish I had so, him as that's my a good one. Well, yes. Huh? I like. My I got. I got uh, suspended by mine in middle school. Oh, what'd you do? Um, let's just say we baked <laughs> cookies and decided to put a little Petmo Bismo in them to constipate the boys. And um, little did we know that Petmo Bismo, Bismo, if you're allergic to it it could really do you harm. And um, we uh, got kicked out of school for a week. Probably deserved it. I think you earned that one. I don't think I was going in the direction of hurting anyone. We just wanted to constipate the boys. Well, what? I think you, you, well, we'll we'll, we'll leave that one on the shelf. This will be an offline conversation. Okay. Josh Heupel's up next. And uh, his title is High School Booster Club President. 
The reason why this one works is because he, in this photo, looks like he's ready to ask you to make a donation. Simple. Like, he's asking you to open your wallet. Then you've got uh, Eli Drinkwitz, and he's got kind of the, you know, the nice smile with the big teeth. He's got the glasses. He's got the comb over kind of part, um, black suit, white shirt again, and they give him tax accountant. And that's the most accurate thing I've seen on the the internet. That's like the best one. Like if you look at him, how he looks, he, that is perfect. Yeah. Yeah, No, it it really is. Like it really is. It's it's the full look. Like he looks like he can do mental math with the best of them. That's the best way to describe it. Like he's going to tell you exactly what you need to do to save money on your tax bill. He's like, <laughs> like, let me let me see here. I'll fix my yeah. glasses, you know. Yeah. Yes, it, it's phenomenal. Then you got the last one, Dan Mullen, and he's he's you know he's got the the gator tie with the blue and the orange on it, and it's a nice uh, little pattern. It's not like a stripe; it's got like a decent pattern to it. And he's got the blue shirt on with the black suit, so he's like the only guy who decided to wear a pop of color of with the suit in in the headshot. And he's got this kind of like cheesy smile and uh, it says real estate agent. And yes. I take offense to that because I sell real estate as my other job. Well, but I also think it's accurate because this dude looks like he's ready to ask you what yep. your housing plans are and if he can yep. help you out. Like he in this photo looks like he's ready to make a sale. His eyes are big and he's got, uh, like I said, a little bit of a corny smile. But like the outfit says like, OK, I'm the guy. I'm a top producer in this area. Let me sell yep. your house. He's also got the personality for it. You know that guy's a, a, a talker. Like, he likes to oh, yeah. talk people up. And that's, I mean, in real estate, like, you you know, you, you got to have a little bit of that. You got to know well, how to, to be. Same thing in recruiting, right? You, yes. you got to be a salesman. And that's, yeah. And he does a yeah. good job of that at Florida. So I think that's perfect. Yeah, you no. guys check it out if you can. Because it's, it you have fun. to visually see it too. Um, because it's just, it's it's really, they hit it head on with every one of the coaches. They did. It was a lot of fun. Uh, this is the content that the internet really needs. I agree. Yeah, that I I got to go back and look at them now again because the way you described them, I think it's going to take it to another level. Oh, for sure. You broke down even the clothing. Yeah, you have to. I, yeah. I think that's a part of the persona. It is. Uh, before we go, guys, we've got an interesting week. I don't feel like, Joshua, there's a lot of great games this week, per se, when I was going down the, the schedule. I thought at this point in week four, we might have a few more great matchups. The ones that stood out to me uh, real quick, number 18, Wisconsin hosting number 12, Notre Dame. Yep. Uh, you you like that one? What are you what are you thinking about that one? Yeah, so that's a Soldier Field game. Um, yeah, I like that too, that it's a neutral. Yeah, and I think that's going to add to the intrigue of it. Uh, Wisconsin was, they had an off week. Um, and I think Notre Dame's like next five opponents are coming off of uh, an off week before they play them, which is wild. But yeah, um, they had some things to work on because that offense is not very good right now. Very good defense. Notre Dame right. on the flip side, uh, I think they got some issues. They've they've been in some I games know. that they probably shouldn't have been in. That's um, what I this was is a thinking. good opportunity for Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean this this is a good game to to kind of flex a little bit and see if you can get that offense going. Um, and then the other one that I'm going to go to over on the West Coast to give it, the Pac-12 a little bit of love. And, and the reason why I put this one up here, too, is obviously UCLA is ranked 24th, which um, I, I – is that correct? I'm, I'm yeah, sure it's they, they, uh, they dropped the game to Fresno State last week. 
Yeah, yeah. And so that's that's interesting because Fresno State is now obviously in the rankings too. And I, I don't know a lot about Fresno State, so I don't know really what to say about this. But it should be interesting because Stanford um, did not look good early on. And mm. they did beat USC. Um, mm -hmm. And then Vanderbilt, they played Vanderbilt uh, on Saturday here. So I was able to see a lot did more Did they beat Stanford. the brakes off of them? Um, the first, the first like half was a little closer for comfort than I would, that I would say they would have liked. Um, but give Vanderbilt some credit too, because they were doing a lot of good things. But yeah, the second half they completely like broke it open, and so I think this will be interesting just because it is a natural rivalry. And mm -hmm. if UCLA wins or falls in this game, then mm -hmm. then they're out, and that's really probably discouraging considering how they started the season. Um, like that's, that's going to be a bummer for them. And then of course, you know, you get the PAC 12 right back in a situation where we were hyping them up the first couple of weeks and now it's like, well, but are they that well, good? Like I keep Oregon's saying. Oregon's got to carry the torch, right? Right. And they never follow through. So, no. well, I mean, in the end, they never follow through. So again, why, I, why I sit here and hate on the PAC 12 and, and that's a strong word. Why I'm hard on the Pac-12 is because I'm from the Pac-12, and I think the Pac-12 needs to be way better because when I was in school, the Pac-12 was really legit. You can't have Arizona losing to NIU or NAU. Well, like, you can't. Well, Joshua, that's embarrassing. That's an SCS well, program. Well, now, let's, let's, let's give the FCS programs a little credit now. Not when we're trying to say we need to fix the Pac-12. <laughs> it's um, in, in Arizona State lost to BYU as well. I watched uh, some well, of that game. Well, I'll dark. give you this: BYU's for real. From what yeah, I've seen, they're a seen top ten BYU, team in my in my eyeballs. They're they're a top ten team. You, they play you gotta, really good. Yeah, football. you got to start giving BYU a little love, and I don't want to give them love, but um, you kind of have to. So yeah, this this week not a ton of good games, but we, we're still going to start to see some of these these teams and and what they really are. I mean, and I'll even say that with Tennessee taking on Florida, right? We're going to see if Tennessee can hang. We can, mm -hmm. we're going to see a lot from them because we just haven't been able to, to tell what this Tennessee team is yet under Heupel because wow. they, they were all, they were all about Joe Milton. Milton got hurt. They put in this, uh, this Virginia tech transfer quarterback, Hendon Hooker. So now it looks like Hendon Hooker is going to be the starter. So you got that whole thing going on. You know, do they have their identity with this, you know, offense yet? They've got to figure out who their quarterback is first. So that should be an interesting game too. So Oh, they got the old hooker down there, huh? They do. They do. The old, the old so uh, well, the old hooker, you know. <laughs> um, but we'll have a lot. <laughs> we'll have a lot to talk about next week, like we always do. So again, appreciate. Everybody tuning in. Hopefully you guys are enjoying the start to the college football season. It, it, it is definitely fun just having the, the football scene back. And, and the whiteout in Penn State, that was another great example of just how much we missed the environments in, in the college game because it just adds so much to it. Um, so, yeah, it, it's definitely a lot of fun. Uh, Joshua, where can the people go to follow you as you uh, dig deep into your Ohio State team this year? You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at RIP underscore J-E-P. 
That is right. You can follow me at Kayla Anderson TV on Instagram and Twitter. I'll give you a little bit of everything. And we always like to have fun on our social media platforms as well. So, you know, yes, if you just want to say hello, you can always tag us and say hello. And I'll probably I respond. Know. Joshua, you, you, you pretty much respond to everybody, too. So I have been responding to everybody who's That's, been in my mentions this week. Right? So. Exactly. <laughs> you get on a roll. Okay, guys, you guys have a great week. We'll uh, be back here next week with some more college football talk. Enjoy.